Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. podcast will be contested under extreme rules and is the main event marks podcast hosting out of the red corner i am former radio reporter lifelong wrestling fan and el papi gato i am troy and co-hosting out of the blue corner he is a damn near professional figure hunter and the wwe walking wrestling encyclopedia he is the tommy rich to my tracy smothers shut up at your face it's greg what's up man <laughs> what up Tracy freaking Smothers. Hell yeah, man. That's how we're going to start out today's show. I don't think it's appropriate for me to be called Tommy Rich, because wasn't his nickname Wildfire, and I'm in California right now, but... Oh, gosh. Yeah, hey, you did think... that. I didn't put two or two together with it's that. Well, you. I mean, I was going to Send your tweets, it... too. I was going to say JT, uh, JT Dunn, but he's not on this show, so... That would have been even more obscure. <laughs> 
Ah, speaking of obscure, we're talking about Born to be Wired, people. The ECW show that's so obscure it's not even on the WWE network. Yeah. It's too extreme for the network. Well, you're kind of right. I mean, with the main event. But, nah. I don't know. This was one of them shows, like, I don't know. If you ever, have you ever talked to, like, legit ECW fans? Uh, I used to. Okay, well, did they ever talk up certain shows to you? Like, man, such and such was such an amazing night, you know? Yeah, uh, the most popular one is uh, The Night the Line Was Crossed, which I thought was just... Eh? Oh, yeah, that was the one I was going to bring up to you. That was the one I hear about the most. Oh, man, that, you know, and they talked about it. It was so historic and whatever. And then you and I watched it, and we were like, this sucks. Like, it's so boring. Like, it's not even the... I mean, the wrestling, yeah, is, is not great. But it's just boring i don't know careful you say that too people get offended but oh hey, i'll, I'll tell you one better your okay, pearls. i'm sorry but the event sucked there was not one redeeming quality about that horrible event but no even that main event i thought it was like that they built up in ecw like the greatest main event of all time that three-way dance between uh douglas funk and sabu who i like all of them by the way but that was boring it dragged it it just wasn't good, it bad, not bad. good, but worst ever. Uh, okay, definitely not the worst ever. Worst no, ever. no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just I don't know. It wasn't great. And this one, born to be wired. I was like, okay, I keep hearing stuff about it. It's legendary, mostly for the main event. But I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. Gosh, I should have just skipped right to the main event. Before we even start this, I want everyone to know that I did lobby TJ to change this event to something else. And I After said, I'd no, watched it, I didn't, it. don't get me wrong, I did not want to watch it. I had watched it. I'm like, do we really want to do this? And I said, you're damn right we do. And we, we stuck TJ with it. Hates <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying, I am trying to bring in a different crowd each week. And some people enjoy this stuff. You know who you are. Yeah, and, so, and that's fine, because... I'm of the mind that, you know, this is done for somebody. People, you know, people attended this. People yep. watched. This, so there is an audience. So I don't want people to think I'm like, you know, I just trying to, trying to use my words good here. Uh, I'm going to use my words sparingly here. I don't want to offend anyone. But, well, hey, I mean, I don't like ECW. That's all I'm say. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I don't. But Jim Cornette always says, you know, for the kind of people that like that kind of thing, that's the kind of thing those people like. Yeah, yeah. he's the one to talk about liking things. But anyways. He doesn't like anything unless it's, you know, at least 100 years old. But or regardless. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> re- re- go, go, it, I'm not going to say it. We're not bringing that up on this. Well, and it can't it can't involve women either, Greg. So there you go. Oh, hell no. They're the, they're the devil, even though they brought him into this world. Well, it can't involve women unless they're in a hot tub. So it, can I get a hot tub? <laughs> All right. Sorry, uh, I'm done. By the with time this recording, by the way, women are carrying the entire industry on their back. But whatever. Well, I know. Fast forward to the girls' match, Greg. Gosh. Who who wants to see the girls fight? My Apparently. mistake. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Getting back to the show, though. Uh, yeah, there, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of it and much more here on today's podcast. We'll return after these messages. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. 
the perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. What do you say we get into the news and notes here uh, for, yeah. from this time period? This one I wanted to ask you about. Because this was pre uh, UFC fandom for you, but you know some UFC history, right? Some. Okay. Well, you might know this. I'm not sure. Keep in mind, this is from August of uh, late September and early August of '97. The latest UFC pay per view is highlighted by the biggest upset in UFC history when Maurice Smith beat Mark Coleman. The show dealt with other problems with getting onto pay per view because they're losing a political war. I assume that's all those Karens and Mr. Karens who... Uh, well, the the political hated. war started with... Uh, what was that guy's name that ran with George Bush Jr.? Oh, um... Was it, Dick, gonna... it was Dick Cheney? Yeah, I don't Dick know Cheney. if it was Dick Cheney or the other Republican that ran against oh, Barack Obama. Who was that? John... John McCain? John McClain. Yeah, John McCain. Is he the one from Arizona? Yeah, yes. Okay, I believe he's the one that was like like the spearhead of the whole movement against it. He called it human cockfighting. Yeah. I remember that he, he fought to keep it out of New York forever too. Yeah, he fought he to was, keep it off of TV. This is my guess. It's so like you said, it was like a lot of stuff against it. I believe he was spearheading the whole movement. Yeah. Well, and here's something I've, I don't know who the hell Maurice Smith is. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. He was a pretty good heavyweight. Decent at best. Mark Coleman is like, a very accomplished wrestler, and he was supposed to be, like, the man. So that yeah. upset, like, felt everything. I feel like yeah. he never really got back on back on track, either. Wow. He actually fought in, like, the late 2000s, too, so he stuck around for quite a while. Yeah, I like remember. 2010s, actually. Yeah, I think I remember seeing, like, a couple of his fights uh, when well, I he was... Wrestled, uh, wrestled. He fought Randy Couture in the Age in the Cage Part 2. Either My like God. Wow. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, Couture came out to that song Stranglehold from Ted Nugent and won via Rear Naked Choke. So I always thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's the last time I ever heard of Mark Coleman, though. Wow. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, we don't cover a lot of MMA on the show, but, you know, I figured that was worth touching on because it kind of, again, it shows you kind of where things are in the industry, you know, as far as, like, Everybody thinks of UFC as this juggernaut, which it is now. In the 90s, not so much. It's only legal in like three states or something like that. Yeah. I find and it funny it, you bring that up, too, because I really felt like Mark Coleman was going to be pro wrestling bound at some point. Yeah. Like he was, well, he's a damn accomp good accomplished wrestler, but I guess it didn't work out. So, Well, apparently things like MMA is one of them things that you just can't kick the uh the desire for or whatever because if you ever notice any mma fighter that went into wrestling 
always ends up going back to MMA at some point. Except for Ronda so far. Yeah, well, she just, she takes her ball and goes home every couple of years, so I wonder if this is just going to be an ongoing theme with her. 66-year-old Fritz von Erich has been diagnosed this month with lung cancer, which has spread to his brain and adrenal glands. His long-term prognosis is not good. The cancer was found after he was hospitalized for a stroke. That guy lived a hard life. It's he's still with rough. us, but I forget. No, no, he he died forever. I I'm actually gonna look up when he exactly when he died because I forget. But yeah, you got to think about his how many kids of his died from. I mean, he had one kid die. One of his, I think, is the oldest son died from electrocution as a child. Oh, he actually died September tenth, ninety seven. So he died like a, a month after this event we're talking about today. Oh, man. Yeah. So, he had multiple kids die of suicide. That whole family, I feel so bad for him, man. Just, it's terrible. Yeah, it was a very tragic story. Again, I know we plug it almost like every friggin' week, but Dark Side of the Ring, man, season one, they cover the Von Erics, and it was You haven't watched really... that show and you're a wrestling fan? What the hell's wrong with you? I get some people say, oh, it's depressing, whatever, and kinda, but at the same time... Well, what it's... about, like, sad movies and like stuff like that? I mean, they're... Yep. You know, meant to be experienced. I'm not saying, yeah. hey, watch it and be villainous and smile. Yeah, death. It's like, <laughs> watch it. It's, you know, God it's, dang it, it's... pal. We're making movies here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Another... Almost as good as no holds barred, pal. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, that's... Yeah. What's that smell, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. Anyways. Wow. Uh, another tragedy that happened here. She wasn't part of the wrestling world per se, but she was married to a uh, big part of the wrestling world. Gordon Soley's wife, Eileen, passed away from cancer this month at the age of 70. It was expected, and the night before her death, she actually wrote her own obituary before passing away in her sleep. Wow. Yeah, that's... Wow. Like, how do you... like? You know you're going to die, and you just... Wow. Uh, JR on a recent podcast of his actually went on like a 35, 40 minute spiel about Gordon Sully before he passed away. And he said that they were going to have like a celebration party for Gordon uh, one one week. And Gordon said, uh, I have a feeling he's like, uh, postpone that party. He's like, I, I I have a feeling something's going to happen. And then he ended up dying on the day that the party was supposed to happen. Damn, man. Yeah. So that's that's rough. Yeah, apparently Ross said that it's it's weird and kind of funny, but uh, Ross said that the nickname for Eileen, Sully's wife, was Smokey. <laughs> and he said they both chain-smoked like crazy. Which, I mean, would ex- probably explain the cancer. Yeah, I was like, I think also that chain smoking added to Sully's voice. Yeah, I don't mean I'm not trying to like glamorize it, but like he's known for that raspy voice. Well, he you smoked know. while he was commentating. They'd do an on camera with him, and he'd have a cigarette in his hand. Well, hey, Lemmy Kilmister used to freaking smoke while recording vocals for Motorhead. So seriously, you know, the the greats do that. Okay. Yeah, the this I can't remember his name now, but this one of the more famous radio reporters in history. Who had a, a 
No. Because he did. <laughs> yeah, well, him. But there was another one, I can't think of his name, but uh, whether he was on TV or radio, he had a cigarette in his hand just at all times. And shocker, he died of lung cancer. So, yeah, don't don't smoke, people. Here's a here's a sad, it's not a death of a person, of a, but of a place. Uh, here's a sad note about it. The Omni Arena in Atlanta, which for years had been considered the Madison Square Garden of WCW, was demolished this month. Who played there? Was that the Hawks? Or was that just uh, a wrestling building? I think it was just a wrestling building, if I remember correctly. I think it was like wrestling, concert, venue, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Real quick, not to get off, I mean, it's on topic, but people won't know. We used to talk to a guy on Xbox Live who swore the Omni was still there, and he said he'd seen it all the time. Do you remember him? <laughs> uh, I remember I, I remember well, he was the one that I asked. I was like, is it still open? He said, no, it's been closed forever. Yeah, he said but, it was closed forever, but he said it was still there. And then he was, like, shocked to his core when I sent him the video of it being demolished, like, at that point, what, 10, <laughs> 13, 14 years ago? <laughs> It's like, yeah. Hey, what the hell are you seeing over there? I uh, had no idea that it was demolished in '97. Like, I didn't wow. know when it was demolished either, but I did know it was demolished. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Uh, WCW Bash at the Beach early buy rate numbers look to be in the 0.78 range, which under normal circumstances would be a decent enough buy rate. But considering how much WCW paid to have Dennis Rodman on the show. A 0.78 buy rate is basically considered a failure. Oh. What event was that you said? Bash the Beach 97. Yeah, that was the that was the match with him and Hogan against Luger and Giant. Oh, man. That was, that was never going to be a good event anyway, so. Yeah. Well, Bash they the Beach re- was always hit or miss. They rebound the next year with Carl Malone and, and Rodman on it, so they're fine. Yeah, and that giant semi-truck that they drove for, like, weeks. Yep. Uh, because when yeah. I think of Carmel and DDP, I think of a eighteen-wheel semi truck. I like when you think of Carmel and if you don't know much about Carmel and you're like, because I didn't. I'm not a basketball mark. Uh, I am a main event mark, but not a basketball mark. But I, Hold I didn't jokes. know anything. <laughs> I didn't know much about him, so I was like, "Why the hell are they driving an eighteen? With it looks like they're doing their version of the Lex Express, which they kind of were." But yeah. turns out he was before he was a basketball player. He was a truck driver, and I think when he retired from the NBA, he went back to driving truck. So that's I, that's I, yeah, that's uh, new to me. Yeah, I think that's why they called him. Well, I mean, you know, because he was a delivery guy, kind of. They called him the mailman, I didn't they? Well, that was him, right? That was him, but I just yeah. So they always called him that because he delivered on the court, though, too. But. Well, yeah, I mean, but they were making like a double entendre kind of thing, but I don't know. Sid was officially fired by the WWF this month. The WWF apparently felt that they had no choice in given that they couldn't get any straight answers from Sid about his medical condition or when he might be able to return. Speaking of Sid... Oh, he was busy playing softball, jerks. Yeah, how dare they cut into his softball season. He had to stay back in Arkansas, where everybody wants to spend their time off. God, shut up. Oh, come on. All right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's where he lived. I just, like the way you said that, everyone wants to spend their time off there. Yeah, because when I think of vacation, I think of Little Rock. Well, damn right. Or Toadsuck, Arkansas, which is a real place. Oh, good Lord. 
Speaking of Sid, he will have surgery this week where he'll take a piece of bone from his hip and fuse it to his neck. If he hadn't already been fired, it would have kept him out of action for about three months. Speaking of that, Sid had hired a lawyer and his er, and is contesting his termination and is threatening to sue for breach of contract. Word is, WCW is interested in him, but only on a per-show deal and not for a long-term deal because of his track record. Wow. Yeah. I mean, cool. I, I mean, who wouldn't want Sid? I mean, just based on, I, I know his, you know, not showing up and whatever, but seriously, he's, he's a draw. He looks great. I, even, even Jim Cornette, who has nothing positive to say about him as far as him as a person or his wrestling ability, he was like, I mean, God, look at him. Look at him. He's so beefy. God dang it, pal. He's tan and vascular. He could main event Starcade with that tan. But Bischoff hired him. And oh, yeah. uh, fun fact, he would headline a Starcade. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Which Starcade did he hi- did he headline? 2000. Oh, that's the Starcade we all love to remember. I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's the last Starcade. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you put Sid in the, headli- in, in the headlining match and it all goes to pot. I want to say he wrestled Scott Steiner, so there you go, man. That's classic right there. Hell yeah. Both tan, both vascular. God dang it, pal. I'm getting hard just thinking about it. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Uncle Dave, by the way, had to throw in, <laughs> Sorry. He had to throw in something about, oh, well, you know, they, they really have to get a consent from Arn Anderson before hiring him, which to which Bischoff was like, I didn't ask Arn Anderson crap. He's like, I probably talked to him about it, but it's not like, hey, are you cool with this? It's like, if I want to hire him, I'm freaking hiring him. If you don't like it, tough. Like, I mean, he's kind of got a point. Yeah. Who was, I mean, don't get me wrong. All the respect in the world for Arn Anderson, his abilities, everything he accomplished. But in the hierarchy of WCW, who the hell was Arn Anderson? Was an also, Asian. I got to point out, I think he signed him in 1999. So in 1999, who was Arn yeah. Anderson? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, here, dude, this is a big story. I've been waiting to drop on you. Are you oh, ready? Good Lord. Hold on. I got to prepare here. Okay. Yep. Hold okay, on. Go. Hold on to your ass for this one. In the USWA, which for, was the Memphis Territory at the oh, time. Oh, God, I already don't care. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> now it gets better. Fake Razor Ramon declared that he was done with the WWF, and he now wants to be referred to as Rick Titan. He threw the, no! razor, he threw the razor Ramon outfit in a garbage can, and thus the fake Razor and fake Diesel gimmick finally came to a merciful, whimpering end. Wait, I'm sorry, were they still doing that? Well, he, I mean, I know Kane wasn't, but was he still doing that in the USWA? Both of them were, yes. Wait, how the hell was Kane doing it? Because they did talent trades, they sent him down there for extra work. Hey, oh, okay. what Jake, month was this? Um, so it'll be August of, of okay, 97. So, so Kane well, is a thing on TV, but we haven't physically seen him yet. Okay. Oh, well, that okay. Makes some sense. Well, d- during, yeah. During this time, they were transitioning. They were, like, dropping the gimmick, and they were like, all right, he's going to be Kane. So they're like, okay, you know, we don't want Scott Hall and Nash using these um, monikers on WCW TV, but we'll give the fake ones to USWA. Okay. Well, hell yeah. Well, 
it's hey, I'm I'm sure they helped draw the houses, Greg, <laughs> along with Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> and PG thirteen, they had them down there too. What did they go back? Uh well I, I don't know about this time. I just mean in general they had PG thirteen. <laughs> That's gonna be their legacy right there. USWA, man. And they they hammered home that they were part of the nation of domination. And that they could rap better than anybody. Yeah. Didn't they wear like trash can lids around their necks or some crap? <laughs> That's what it looked like anyway. I don't remember, but that was the thing with Flavor Flav, so I mean obviously not a trash can, but wearing huge things around their necks, so Yeah. And they fancy themselves as rappers. Well, they're the only ones that fancied them anything, but <laughs> the biggest indie Ron show of the Simmons, year man, this is this is like a freaking legend, and they saddled him with that crap. How dare you? One of them was Jamie Dundee, the son of the great Bill Dundee, and the other one was would go on to be Slash. I, I don't know, I'm trying to... Shut up! <laughs> I want to slap you for that. <laughs> ah, come on. The biggest indie show of the year will take place next month, called Terry Funk's WrestleFest, taking place in Amarillo, Texas. It is being promoted as Terry Funk's final match, quote, in Amarillo. I don't even know one? if he followed through with that. I think they did, because they, I, I want to say they talked about that on, on uh, Beyond the Mat. And Bret Hart was going to wrestle on that show, too. Like, he got yeah. permission to. Yeah, I think they, yeah, certain WWF talent got sent down there because, uh, to Vince McMahon's credit, he he very much respected Terry Funk and wanted to help him out. I think he did that at one or two Canadian shows, too. Whatever. I think Pritchard did say by the time Terry Funk had like his like thirtieth retirement show, Vince was like, "All right, I'm not sending you any more talent." Yeah, he would have this show and then debut as Chainsaw Charlie a couple months later. Oh man, yeah. Well, that would explain this show, but we'll we'll get to that. Oh well, I dropped the bomb on you a little too early about the this is big news. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you got a prophecy with that, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> the rap group The Insane Clown Posse is scheduled to perform at the beginning of ECW's Hardcore Heaven pay-per-view after hyping up ECW so much on Howard Stern's last show. I I don't know if Hardcore Heaven was the one they were they were at a back when they had dreadlocks, both of them. They were on an ECW show, they were performing in the ring. And then RVD and Sabu came out and just obliterated them. Like, I think Sabu had one of them in a camel clutch, and they put a chair in front of, the, uh, in front of his face, and RVD did like a springboard kick to the chair right in his face. And yeah, they just destroyed them in the center of the ring. Of all the times we mentioned ICP on this show, this is the one that makes sense, them in ECW. Yeah, ECW is like the perfect fit. I mean, you saw it all the time. On this show we're about to talk to, somebody was wearing an ICP shirt, like, that's on the card. We'll get to that. But speaking of ECW, I've, I saved all the, all the best ECW stuff for last year. For the first time in its history, ECW drew a crowd larger than 2,000 people to a show in Monaca, Pennsylvania. At the show... Where? Pa- Monaca. Don't ask me where. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if it's by anything. I'm just going to say it's not far out of Philly. At the show, Paul Heyman announced that ECW will hold its third pay-per-view in November called November to Remember, and it will be at the same building in Monaca. 
God, his pay-per-view name sucked. I don't. I never. I never hated November. Remember? I know you did. I. That sounds like a, a freaking like a a thing for sports. Like you know, a huge November to remember for college of college football or something. Not wrestling. <laughs> I kind of dug it. Uh, I did hate Russell Palooza <laughs> Heat Wave. That was probably the worst. Yeah. Massacre on 34th no, Street. Heat Wave was one I kind of liked, actually. Heat Wave was alright. Massacre on 34th Street I thought was okay, but it's just a mouthful. You know, you can't pick something easier to say. I don't know. At an ECW show in Rochester, RVD threw a chair at Balls Mahoney outside the ring. Balls moved, and the chair hit a teenage fan at ringside and knocked him spark out. Mm-hmm. And, sure, and he sure. was and he was bleeding pretty badly and had to be treated by medical staff. I totally believe that. Oh it makes all gosh. the sense in the world, because this sounds like that horrible company. <laughs> Just, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I remember uh, I heard Jake the Snake one time say there was an edict from Vince McMahon that if that snake ever touched the crowd, you're out of here, you're never coming back. But a chair out of fan's face, and he said he's fine. Yeah, I just, like, why? It's like, quit throwing chairs. I mean, if Sammy Guevara had done it, though, he would have murdered that kid, but anyways. Effing idiot. <laughs> Last ECW story here. In regards to the ECW-WCW legal situation, ECW hasn't filed a lawsuit yet as a press time. WCW claims that Stevie Richards was not under contract to ECW and that he used Stevie the Stevie Richards name before he was in ECW, so they have no claim to it. As for Raven, WCW claims that Scott Levy created the character with the help of DDP. Raven does admit that he signed a non-compete contract with ECW, and that is supposed to prevent him from appearing on anyone else's pay-per-views until October. However, Raven does not have a copy of the contract, and WCW's lawyers asked Paul Heyman to send a copy of the contract to let them know within 10 days, or they were going to use Raven on pay-per-view. Heyman never responded, and because WCW gave him a warning that they planned to do it within an allotted amount of time, WCW feels that they were clear to use Raven on pay-per-view. <laughs> Go figure, Paul Heyman, oh, I, I lost the paperwork, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> I'm just like, that's so human. Yep. Hey, you can't use Stevie Richards or Raven. Why not? Well, I have contracts. Prove it. I'll get back to you on that one. Look, I do. Just listen to me. Yeah, just trust me, okay? Because I said it, and I am the authority here. I said I'm, it, therefore it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I always liked, again, to use a Jim Cornette-ism. He said Paul Heyman would rather stand on the or would rather climb a tree to tell a lie than to stand on the ground to tell the truth. <laughs> you couldn't believe him if his tongue was notarized. I always like that line. I, I love that. Um, it was like okay, I get it for Raven because that was one of his most over guys. Yeah, but Stevie Richards, really? Like just I, let him go, dude. I guess there was some bad blood about him leaving. To like, I used to talk to like a hardcore ECW fan, and he actually told me at one point. He said, "When Raven came back, the crowd blew. When Richards came back, the crowd booed him out of the building and just like threw crap at him." So I don't get that because like Raven was a huge star there, so I feel like he'd be the one they should be pissed at. Yeah. Well, oh, he came back, the prodigal son. He came back to help 
Tommy Dreamer win the title and whatever. Spoiler, he's going to leave very soon after. Oh, no. Yeah, so. Uh, last story. This is kind of an odd one that I'd never heard of before. Actor Billy Crystal is planning to make a movie about the life of Andre the Giant, starring NBA Washington Bullets. That shows you how long ago. Washington Bullets basketball player. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. George Morazin. Don't know who Never heard is. of this guy. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy in my life. The Washington I'm going to say he's a tall French white guy. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I know. Just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, just taking a stab in the dark here. For those of you that don't know, the Washington Bullets are now the Washington Wizards because they said that Bullets was too offensive. Uh, oh, Washington. my my gosh. This George Morrison, I just Google search him. Look, no offense, but like, if I was Andre, I would look at this guy and be like, I'm offended that you want him to play me. <laughs> For any, I mean, he's huge. I'll say that. He's a huge man. But god dang, somebody Google search him. Because uh, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't know if he's alive or dead and I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> so I'll let that one go. But all right, that's the last story, man. We'll return after these messages. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. Now, back to our program. You ready to dive into ECW Born to be Wired? Oh, man. No, I'm not, but let's do it anyways. Diving into it like a pile of manure. Manure! I Never before has a word been more apropos. <laughs> wow. Uh, ECW Born to be Wired 1997 took place August 9th, 1997. It took place at, I mean, take your pick of names, uh, the 2300 Arena, ECW Arena, Asylum Arena, etc., etc., in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The attendance was 14 hundred people. I assume because that it, it was like a sellout and that's as many a-holes as they could cram into that place. <sighs> oh, <man>. Sorry. It's... We... <laughs> I'm already going to hell. <laughs> this first match is Pablo Marquez versus Little Guido. He's got Tracy Smothers and Tommy Rich in his corner. This went on for six minutes, five seconds. At Tommy Rich, the classy ECW crowd continually chants, You fat F. You fat F. Yes. Yep, that's that's that right there should tell you how this whole night's gonna go. And they didn't say F, by the way, just if anybody was wondering, I am cleaning it up. Keep it PG, pal. Yeah, it's uh it, it, I don't know. Of all the people they could chant that at that night, why Tommy Rich? He wasn't even like hefty. I mean, he wasn't skinny like he used to be, but, like, damn, you want to talk about somebody being out of shape, that's coming up later in the night. <laughs> I, I know, I'm going to hell. Leave me alone. 
I think they just wanted to ride him because he was in the NWA, WCW. That's my only guess. And he was a heel in the full-blooded Italians, so there you go. He was a heel. Do you ever hear the rumor that he had to had he had to do some special favors for Jim Barnett to to get his run as the NWA champion? <sighs> yeah, I don't believe it. At I don't all. either. But it's just that's the fact that somebody would start that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's just like, well, you know, so you remember Sylvain Grenier? Well, you know, he's good friends with Pat Patterson. You know what that means? <laughs> like, do I though? <laughs> like, they're both French Canadian. Can't they just be good pals? <laughs> Because it's got to be that way. Yeah. You can't just be French-Canadian friends, apparently. Well, hell no. I mean, yeah, I'm going to leave it alone. Anyway, this match, man, Pablo plunches onto Smothers and Rich, and then Pablo goes up to the top, and he gets nailed with the Italian flag by Tommy Rich when the ref isn't looking, and Guido gets the cover for the win. Um, Uncle Dave did not rate the show at all. Uh, I mean, oh, lucky no! Him. Yeah, l- lucky him. He didn't watch that. <laughs> I'm sure he watched it, but I don't know. His ratings aren't out there. So I'm just going to give mine this week. I gave this one star. What say you? Solid one. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is also setting up for how the rest of the night is going to go. I know we've said that a couple times already, but here well, we go. Well, you know, when you start off at one, you can only go up from there, right? Sure. <laughs> Let's find out. I, I just for the record, I like Little Guido. By the way, I think he's a damn good wrestler, but not yeah, here. I I thought he was great. Yeah, I know. I feel bad giving one of his matches a one star, but who the hell is Pablo Marquez? That's that's. I don't even have a snappy comeback. I don't know. Yeah. Up next, we got Mikey Whipwreck versus Louis Spicoli. This match went for six minutes fifty six seconds. Louis is dressed like Tommy Dreamer. Or maybe Tommy's dressed like Louie. I don't know which came first. Louie's dressed like Tommy, yeah. Yeah, okay. I like him. By the way, before we start, did you notice this match went right into, like, the the first, the last one we just watched ended, and it went right into this one? Like, yeah, they did. There was literally, like, a commercial there that they cut, so. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they did the, um, the old ECW, like, thing yeah. between the matches. But clearly something's missing, because it was, like, five seconds between... The last match, like the last guys leaving the ring and these guys being in there, being introduced. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this was a televised event and that's what I, we'll get to that at the end of the show, why I'm, I'm going to say that, but I think this was a televised show. So what you and I watched was, uh, you know, when they cut out the commercial breaks, but here we go, man. Spicoli goes to the outside and Mikey follows with a dive over the ropes looking like he killed himself by hitting both of his legs on the security railing and his head on the concrete floor. But that's not the end quite yet. They get back inside the ring, they go up to the top rope, and of course, Mikey wins when he hits the Franken-Mikey off the top. I gave this one star. Mikey. That's what Joey Styles called it. Good grief. Uh, You know what, honestly, I thought this match was a little more enjoyable than the last one. Yeah. Still gave it one star, though. But yeah, it still I sucked. It was, I thought it was the best match of the night thus far. <laughs> Out of two, it's the better. Uh, I, I like both guys, too, by the way. I mean, it really sucks about what happened to Spicoli, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much longer Spicoli is with us. This is 99? I think it's... This is 97. 97 means I think he died in 99. I think it's two years. Okay. Or is it one year? Yeah, I'm not sure. 
Uh, up next, the, the night gets a little better from here on out, but, you know, take that for what it's worth. We get Bam Bam Bigelow versus Spike Dudley. I never understood why this was a, a major feud in ECW, but here we are. It went for 6 minutes, 37 seconds. Bigelow gestures early that he's going to throw Spike into the crowd, but then he just press drops him. Spike gets opened up outside of the ring. Back in the ring, Bigelow reverses an acid drop into a back suplex. Eventually, Bam Bam goes for a powerbomb, but Spike reverses it into a victory roll for the win. Two and a half stars. What you get, say you're you? giving this two and a half stars? I gave it average. I didn't think it sucked. I thought it was bleh, but it was me. I thought it was terrible, and I'll tell you, this is something I noticed with ECW. When you got a small guy who's like an underdog, yeah, you know, he needs to get the hell beat out of him. That's the rule. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we've seen this a million times with literally the last, the two guys in the last match both happened. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I just, again, hated it. Was bored. Here is my thing with this match particular, in particular, the ending of this. This ending with Spike Dudley, like, rolling him up and getting the surprise win would have been cool if I hadn't just seen it with Mikey Whipwreck. I mean, it makes more sense here, honestly. Yeah, it it does. Uh, I think it was stupid. And Mikey went on to do things, but I don't think he was, like, you know, a huge deal in 97. I could be wrong. I don't know the ECW timeline. I don't think he was big then. I think he just didn't start becoming anything until like 99, 2000 with the Unholy Alliance. Yeah. Wasn't he ECW champ at one point? I believe he beat Steve Austin for it. Yeah, yeah he was uh, He was the original Daniel Bryan. <laughs> or Eric Young. I don't know. Uh, up next, uh, I'm sorry, that was a terrible comparison, but... <laughs> No, no, I totally get it. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're about the same quality. Oh, well, yeah. Mikey Whipwreck, Daniel Bryan, same thing. Wow. Up next, we got Chris Candido versus Chris Chetty. Went 10 minutes, 43 seconds. It's the longest match of the night thus far. Candido mocks Taz repeatedly because, as Joey Styles never lets us forget, Chetty is Taz's nephew. Yeah. I just got to say, by the way, that if Joey Styles had a nickel for every time he mentioned in this match, Taz versus Candido at Hardcore Heaven, he'd be a freaking millionaire. No, oh, yeah, go go back and watch that. Lord, man, I, he never yeah. shuts up, man. I swear. You act like this is like the second coming of Hulk versus Andre or something. Well, I mean, hey, again, Chris Candido and Taz, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, same thing. You have a suplex machine and no gimmicks needed. Hell yeah, sign me up. Yeah, well, I think Andre ate bigger meals than Candido and Taz. <laughs> In the end of this match, a gut wrench powerbomb from Candido gets followed up by a double underhook suplex off the top for the win for the former body Donna. He was Skip, right? Yes. Yes, Skip. <laughs> and the Doctor Desire was Zip. Hell yeah. This, you know what's funny? I, I've always laughed at, by the way, is like his gimmick is, I mean, he's, he's he says no gimmicks needed, but yet that is a gimmick. So, right. Yeah, I, just, I guess. I Maybe he meant cartoonish gimmicks. I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, I gave this two and a half stars. What say you? I gave it two. I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit. 
It was okay. I caught myself not wanting to barf. <laughs> wow. Well, Candido was in fantastic shape here, as he usually well, was. Well, he better be. He's a body Donna, for crying out loud. Damn straight. Well, he didn't have Tammy with him, so... Yeah, you, know, you know he didn't really have he had, he had to throw the throw the bait back out there, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. This right after this we go to there were no there were hardly any entrances on the show by the way it was mostly just we do the and then like I people think are playing licensed music. Yeah, well, there's something coming up with that later, but. Shane Douglas puts down, er, he's in the ring with Francine. He puts down Sabu and Terry Funk for having their main event in barbed wire and says that he's challenging them both to a rematch from the night the line was crossed, which we talked about earlier. A three-way dance for the ECW title. He then says that no man in the crowd has a chance of getting with Francine. Eh, Moving on. I don't know. (laughs) I, I, I feel like, you know, Strawhead guy might have a chance. Oh, you mean the guy that uh, I'm not I'm not even gonna bring up the Bubba Ray promo again. <laughs> but he is in the front row on every show, yes. He's got the strong. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. And he I think he showed up to a couple WWE shows in Philly. Any anytime they're in Philly he was in the front row too, yep. Wearing that stupid straw hat. Yeah. Why? I know you need to be known for something, but <sighs> there was a guy when I was a reporter that would show up at City Hall every week with like protest signs and he'd be wearing a giant sombrero. <laughs> he was white. Oh. Just throwing that out there. This hey, match was... The fact that you remember him means he did his job, so there you go. I guess so. But Shane Douglas with Francine took on Lance Storm. This match went for nine minutes, two seconds. Lance has one hell of a ratty going on. Hell yeah. I don't know why he ever cut that thing. Uh, probably because he wanted to look like a normal human... <laughs> That Shut your was, mouth. Ugh, hideous. Douglas goes for a belly to belly, but it's reversed into a DDT. He then they can uh, go into a series of moves, and then Storm runs into another belly to belly, allowing Douglas to get the win. I was torn between one, uh, two and a half, and three stars here, but it was kind of a meh match. Two and a half. I said two. Not to overuse this, but again, the best match of the night so far for me. I told you it keeps getting better. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking a little too soon here. It's but like when a dog goes to the bathroom outside, it smells, and then after a day or two, it starts to dry up, and you don't notice it's there anymore. <laughs> what the hell? I was going to compare. I thought you were going with, it's like when a dog craps in the house, and it's like, what the hell? And then he craps outside, and it's like, it's still a mess, and you got to clean it up, but at least it's outside. So you it's realize getting better. We, just com- we both just compared this event to dog crap. <laughs> What else can we compare it to that's that's realistic, Greg? <laughs> uh, yeah. This, Again, I, I know we're like halfway through. I want to point out to the listeners, I urged TJ to change this, and he would not. So I just want to point that out. Hell no. We got to review this, man. Stay the course. But I saw Shane Douglas versus Lance Storm on the card, and I had higher hopes. I, I don't know. I also saw this next match on the card and had higher hopes, which didn't come to fruition. But for the ECW World Television title, it was Taz defending against Al Snow in 10 minutes, 15 seconds. Al Snow is still wearing his Leaf Cassidy singlet. I think he was in both companies, technically. I mean, because he would be Al Snow with 
with the head in WWE very soon, so. I like how Vince is like, I can't figure out what to do with this guy. We can't just, we just can't get him over. Nothing we're doing is working. You have him, Paul. And then he gets over and they're like, okay, send him back. (laughs) Now when you say (sighs) Vince, which one? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Just, it's like, uh, I don't get it. They're like, I, I just don't get it. We, we, put him in a mask and called him Avatar. We we put him in the stupid singlet and teamed him up with Marty Jannetty. He just can't get over. I know. Want him to talk to a head. Yeah. You know, you say that, but he but Paul Heyman had him start talking to a head, and then, boom, he's over. <laughs> he was over to... Right? I mean, this isn't saying much because these people blow for stuff that I absolutely hate, but... This crowd, like, had styrofoam heads just throughout the entire crowd waving them for this guy. Yeah, I know. I, I love the hypocrisy, by the way, too. Oh, WWE's too cartoonish and all that stuff. But hey, a guy talking to a head, man, take my money. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was kind of edgy. I don't know. I mean, he was, like you said, he was edgy enough to get banned from Walmart. I have and like I two Walmart shoppers, by the way. You got to do some pretty edgy stuff to get banned from there. Right. Well, he grabs a mic and he cuts an angry promo before the match, saying that he's not Leaf Cassidy. He's Al Mother Effin Snow. This was like his second or third go round in ECW, by the way. I don't know. I think he went there for a while when he was Avatar too, and he still wore like the karate pants stuff. <laughs> I honestly used to get him and Aldo Montoya mixed up. It's just by sheer coincidence they were both in ECW. Good grief. I thought, like, I just always mix them up because it was so stupid on both parts. Yeah. Jim Cornette likes taking credit for doing something with Al Snow by putting him with uh, Glenn Jacobs and having them be a team. Al Snow and Unabomb. That was classic, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Taz, by the way, is incredibly over in this building. They pop for literally everything he does. Al Snow hits a few suplexes on Taz before Taz slips behind him and locks in the Taz mission, or the Katahajime, whatever, and Snow taps out. I gave this two and a half stars again. What say you? I was torn between one and two. I didn't know which way to lean. I'll say two, only because it was, it was not bad enough for I a one. I just, I couldn't get into it, though. Yeah, I, I wasn't super into it, because I was like, He's basically still Leaf Cassidy. He was doing some cool stuff. I've always been an Al Snow fan, but I don't know. This next match, though, man. Whoo, man. It was the Dudley boys of Bubba Ray and Devon with Big Dick Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, and Joel Gertner. They took on the chair-swinging freaks, which were Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Axel was the one I was talking about was wearing the Riddle Box t-shirt for ICP, so go figure, right? <laughs> this right here, man, main event anywhere in the country. And it was the main event on TV, because uh, Joey Styles let that go earlier, because he said the, the actual main, main event... Oh, I'm sorry, there's one more match after this, so I guess this was not the main event. Uh, the next match is... But the the actual main event for the show, Joey Styles said, is not for TV. It's for ECW home video only. So that's like, what, 20 people? 
Got to see that match. <laughs> wow. They like doing that, like announcing stuff like that. I remember when they announced, uh, that was on the last was it, the heat wave we did. They announced that uh, ECW was coming to TNN. And Joey Styles flat out says, oh, and we'll be doing TV tapings back to back on one night next week. So mm-hmm. they, like, they flat out like to admit that things were taped so you weren't going to see it. Yeah. And I'm not buying ECW home video. Sorry. Screw you guys for that. This match, by the way, went yeah, on they for got 12, 12 people. They don't need your money. Yeah, right? But it, was, was it Bubba Ray or Tommy Dreamer that handled the merchandise money? One of them. I think it was Bubba. Well, either way, this match went for 12 minutes. It started as a two-on-two and then turned into a three-on-three. I'll explain here in a minute. The promo for Joel Gertner at the beginning, I didn't write down any of it. I kind of... Normally, I like to listen, but... It's full I don't know. of innuendos and entendres. Let's just say that and leave it alone. Go figure. Yeah, they're the 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 huge. But Dudley's tried to leave before the match even starts until the referee tells him to get back and the crowd chants, they have no balls, which made me laugh because the other team has balls. <laughs> Literally. Speaking of balls, uh, God, his hair. Wow. Yeah, that, he... was not a, that was not a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of your balls hair. <laughs> His hair, uh, by the way. Was it just me, or did he look like... What the hell? That's not balls, Mahoney. When was when was Santa Claus a thing? 1996. Uh, well, maybe he was growing it back out, or maybe he just did his stunt... His, his, stunt, his stint in uh, Smoky Mountain as Boo Stunts Radley. Uh, he, was, he was Boo Radley in... Smoky Mountain. So wasn't that the guy from the Kill a Mockingbird? Yes, that was okay. his gimmick. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. Yep. Well, oh, but you want to know more about Santa Claus, hey, right? That little boy's gonna fall out of the apple tree. I'm gonna hit him in the face with a chair. What <laughs> the crap? Uh, after Big Dick Dudley gets involved in the match, balls well, and Axel leave. <laughs> Uh, they come back with Hack Myers, and it turns into a six-man tornado tag match. The crowd, like, throw, I would say they throw the babies in the air, but let's let's face it, it's mostly men, and none of them could get laid, so. Hack Myers. Hell yeah, the Shaw, which I still don't know what that means. Did you ever figure out what that meant? I did not. Okay, uh, he's the Shaw, so every time he punches somebody, they go, Shaw! <laughs> so it literally went balls was punching someone hack was punching someone and the crowd's the crowd is going balls shaw balls shaw <laughs> uh cojones <laughs> i i forget he's no longer with us so i don't want to like make too much fun but good grief man Balls Mahoney. Well, like I said, he, he was Cajonis in TNA for a moment. Of course he uh, used ACDC's uh, I've Got Balls. Yeah, I've Got Big Balls. Yeah. Uh, Axel eventually gets busted open. Shocker. Uh, again, he's no longer the, with us. But The shocker was it took this long. Right. I don't know. I Have I punched my, my hell card enough for today, or do I have one left in me? Well, to be fair, we're talking about a show, not the actual person, so that's fine. Well, this is kind of about the actual person, because he gets busted open, and I was going to say, don't get any hepatitis on you. Yeah, that uh, one, now you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, Axel eventually gets busted open. Uh, Big Dick chokes Liam's balls through a table. <laughs> 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 
Good lord. I don't I can't have laugh at juvenile stuff but you can say that one more time. No. Uh, I'm gonna try to keep it straight here. Uh wow. Say um, it one more time, please. Big dick chokes Liam's balls through a table. <sighs> okay. Bubber. The, the the messed up part is you're not even trying to be funny. These are real names of these wrestlers. <laughs> I know. It's just oh, the man with the world's largest wrists. <laughs> Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon hit the uh, hit Hack Myers with the 3D in the ring for a pin. By the way, balls no sell the table. He gets up and tries to run into the ring to break up the pin. He was not successful. I gave it two and a half stars because it was somewhat entertaining, but it was garbage. <sighs> Another one star classic for me. <laughs> yeah, this had everybody that you just love and hold dear, man. Joel Gertner, Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, Hack Myers. Like, man, it's like Greg Bingo up in here. Hey, and they're in a bingo hall. <laughs> uh, B5. I, I like the Dudleys, I'll say that. I didn't yeah. like these Dudleys, though. This is just. Yeah, Bubba. I don't know. Bubba looks like he's about to ride the short bus, and Devon looked like he was like. The guy monitoring the short bus. <laughs> I don't Bubba know. His whole stuttering thing, too. The whole stuttering gimmick. Yeah. He he talked garbage throughout the whole match, by the way. I was yep. like, so that's just always been a thing. Talk garbage during garbage. Come on, it fits. Hell yeah. I might take some heat for this, but I'm just going to say it. Vince McMahon, in my opinion, legitimized the Dudley Boys. Sorry, I don't care what anyone says. He did. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely made them bigger than what they ever would have been in ECW. That's not even questionable. This next one, man, was the TV main event. It was Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso versus Tommy Dreamer. Nine minutes, 49 seconds. And again, I saw this match and thought, wow, this might be good. And I would have been wrong. Tommy ends the match by he hits a frog splash and Bill Alfonso tries to hit him from behind. But Buell McGillicuddy gets in and attacks Alfonso. Sabu then interferes, and, and Rob Van Dam hits a Van Daminator with a chair on Tommy. Tommy gets up and hits a DDT on Rob Van Dam, but does not get the pin. Van Dam hits a Van Daminator with a trash can, followed by a spinning leg drop onto the trash can for the win. Two stars. Uh, I, I said two as well. This is the first Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer matches I've ever seen in my life. This might have been the first one in ECW, actually. Yeah. It's just, well, and I'm not talking about them together, per se. I'm just, like, matches that either guy has ever had. This is one of the worst ones I've ever seen from both of them. This was I, embarrassing. Uh, I don't know. I think this is when Rob Van Dam was doing, was toning down stuff to do the, quote, WWE style. This is when he was kind of, uh, like, siding with them. Yeah. They were calling him Mr. Monday Night at this time. Because yeah. he had been on Raw and everything. But yeah, garbage. Sabu interfering. Alfonso interfering. Buell in interfering. Just blah. We're not done with this, by the way. Because after the match, Sabu and RVD jump Dreamer. The triple threat, which was Bam Bam, Bigelow, Shane Douglas, and Chris Candido. They hit the ring and they attack Dreamer and RVD. Then the rest of the locker room hits the ring and it's a big melee. By the way, I didn't notice this, but apparently, uh, I found out later, Bobby Duncombe Jr. was part of this crew. So, wow. 
we get more Bobby Duncan Jr. this month. Because that's what we needed. Well, damn straight. West Texas Redneck, baby. Crap. The Dudley Boys... Crap. <laughs> the Dudley Boys clear the ring. After that, the Gangstonators hit the ring, uh, who are New Jack and John Cronus. And then Perry Saturn comes out after them, and he helps them take out the Dudleys. They drag Joel Gertner into the ring, and New Jack blasts him with a chair, and John Cronus hits him with a 450 splash. The Eliminators, New Jack, and the chair-swinging freaks, and Tommy Dreamer all celebrate together. This is the actual very last time we'll ever see Saturn and Cronus in the same ring together. So there's a nice little factoid for you. Is this when Saturn's leaving? Yeah, I believe this is right before he goes to WCW. So he gets injured. He's injured for like ever. He comes back for a second, and then he goes to WCW. Nice. We'll return after these messages. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Now, back to our program. All right, man. We're on to the main event. It's Terry Funk defending the ECW World's Heavyweight Championship against Sabu with Bill Alfonso in his corner. They call it a barbed wire match, but it's basically a barbed wire ropes match. This went for 20 minutes, 38 seconds. (sighs) You ready to get into this? (sighs) Yeah. All right, let's do I it. I promise, by the way, if I feel like I sound depressed, I'm not. I'm just reliving this crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sabu goes into the barbed wire quite a bit to start the match out. His pants get because ripped. Because, of course. Like, yeah. His pants get ripped like they always do. His face is bleeding. Terry then gets ripped open by the barbed wire. He's bleeding. Sabu attempts air Sabu in the corner, misses, and slices open his bicep. Ugh. Alfonso hands him. Is this the famous one where he super glues it? Nah, he tapes it. Because you can, I don't know if you noticed, yeah, after he did that move, even Joey Styles is talking about it. He's like, oh, his bicep is just sliced open. He's bleeding like crazy. And he's in the corner, like, shouting instructions to Alfonso. And he gets some tape and just, like, wraps his arm up in tape. Ew. Funk puts Alfonso in, or pulls him in over the barbed wire, cutting him up. He then rakes barbed wire over Alfonso's back. Yuck. At one point, Funk whips Sabu into the barbed wire before Funk goes outside and beats up Alfonso some more. Ah, Sabu cuts... Yeah. Sabu cuts some of the barbed wire so that RVD can run in and he helps beat up Funk. RVD then rolls Funk in the barbed wire, lays him on a table, and Sabu dives on top of Funk... Tommy Dreamer then runs out, knocks RVD out, and takes him to the back. <laughs> like a sack so- of crap. I'm sorry, it's just like, the last thing this match needed was more people involved. <laughs> well, you're getting it, Greg. Damn it. <sighs> uh, Sabu wraps himself in barbed wire and dives on Funk again, putting him through another table. They then get in the ring, and they're both so wrapped up in barbed wire they can barely move. Sabu pins Funk and he wins the title. I gave this 
three stars for an entertaining barbed wire match. Cage match. Cagematch.net gave this about four stars. What the hell are you guys watching? I don't know. I, as far as garbage matches and barbed wire matches go, I thought this was pretty good. And I'm grading on the ECW system, not the regular system. So I said three stars. I thought it was the best match of the night. I, you're probably going to give it a one. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. I just... Like, what's the point of this match? Was to sh- what show who could get cut open more, who could yell louder, who could do more damage with barbed wire? Yes. I, I, I don't know. I just That's I'm trying to point. figure out why this was even a thing. Why can this uh, be a, a match or or at least a cage match or something? You know, just I don't know. It was stuff like this though that made like that that company like a freak show to me. It's like people yeah. want to watch wrestling and they turn that on. But here's the thing, not not to go back on what I just said, it is an alternative. Like, Not in the way AEW thinks it's an alternative, but a true alternative, because it's got like the violence and stuff, so it's a very different show. Yeah. Uh, but So for that, I'll give it points. It's just, well, I don't know. You also like got to keep in mind, this is not my forte. So it's not like, I watched this all and I'm saying this sucked. I've seen br- more brutal stuff. But. <laughs> well, I've seen a uh, Piranha Tank Deathmatch, so there's that. <laughs> like, that actually happened in Japan. The way to win is to throw your opponent into a tank of piranhas. Because Real piranhas, not? by the way. Yeah. If somebody would have pitched that idea to me, I would have been like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Barbed wire, sign me up. Yeah, exploding ring? Sure. As they're cutting the men free, Funk is cussing and yelling in pain. Sabu's last words were, get that S off of me. I also like in the middle of the match, by the way, they randomly had a pair of wire cutters from nowhere. Yeah, I think he pulled them out from under the ring, didn't he? I must have missed that part, but all of a sudden there's wire cutters. I'm like, okay. I mean, I would get why they they would be on hand, but the wrestler's just using them all of a sudden. Well, this was the last ever barbed wire match in ECW history. Not for I the reasons you I can't figure out why. Well, not for the reasons you're thinking. But Paul Heyman said it was because he didn't think anybody could top this, and he didn't even want to try. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. The final ratings, man. Cagematch.net gave it a 4.89 out of 10. I gave it a 3.5 out of 10. What say you? I guess I've got... I'm not going to do all this math in my head, but if you round all the numbers out, do the aggregate, this is <laughs> probably a solid F-plus show. F-plus. <laughs> I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I liked the Candido match. Yeah, I was disappointed in that match. I, I wanted more out of Chetty, but I guess this was like right when Chetty was getting going. So, nah, I don't know. This was what it was. That wraps up our August, man. 
Yep. Uh, good oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we started strong and ended very badly. <laughs> well, if you guys go back, it's SummerSlam 2015 is what we started with. And then we went to Road Wild 99, which was awful. Then we went to SummerSlam 98, which was really good. We had a bonus show with Jacob Grandi where we covered 88, SummerSlam 88. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, the show itself was fine. I gave it, a, like, a C, I think. And then this thing, ECW Born to be Wired 97. Well, for what, all, all of you... What, everything you just said tells me that only WWE could put on pay-per-views in August and do well. Uh, that would be the consensus. <laughs> well, for all of you... Also, this wasn't were... a pay-per-view, right? I think Heat Wave was a pay-per-view. No. Yeah, it was a home... Yeah, this this was a, a made-for-TV show, and then, like, made-for-video cassette. And made-for-disaster. Basically. But, moving into September, for all of you worried, we're not gonna... We only have one ECW show we're covering left in the year, and it's not until December. And no, it's not December to December. It is ECW's Massacre on 34th Street, 2000. A actually you and I had, good pay-per-view. Yeah, you and I had picked that out together. But September, man, we're diving into it. I am excited for next week. I haven't watched the show since it first aired. We are covering all in 2018. No company behind it. There's a Ring of Honor title match. There is an NWA title match. The main event has Rey Mysterio in it. It's good stuff. Greg has never seen it before. This was kind of the audition tape for, like, because I guess Tony Khan wanted to do a wrestling company. He'd been wanting to for a while, but he didn't know what to do. And after the show, he was like, okay, you got my money. Shut up and take my money! (laughs) With me saying that, this was not an amazing show top to bottom. But I thought it was pretty freaking good for the biggest indie show of all time. I enjoyed it. I forget, did they get Flip Gordon on this card? Uh, yes, multiple times. Because he was doing a whole thing, especially here in in the Bay Area at APW, where, like, the chants were book flip. And he was trying to get on the show. Yeah, he had a feud going with Bubba Ray, or, excuse me, Bully Ray, and Bully, he, like, faced Bully to get booked on. He had multiple shows, or matches, leading up to this to get booked on the show, and every time he would have a match, like, Either he'd lose to Bully Ray, or Bully Ray would interfere and keep him off the show. And then he was, like, kind of feuding with Cody at the time as well. So, but, yeah, he's on the show. It was a big thing. You'll see. Uh, September 9th, we are covering WWF's Saturday Night's Main Event 23. That took place on my birthday. Well, it would have been my birthday the year before I was born. September 21st, 1989, from the Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Riverfront Coliseum no longer exists, by the way. But this show opens up with Randy Savage taking on Jimmy Snuka. We got Hulk Hogan versus Ted DiBiase with Zeus in his corner. That was for the WWF title. Roddy Piper. Yes, more the more Zeus talk we can get in, the better. <laughs> Virgil also makes an appearance, so... Hell yeah! Draw in the house. Asses in seats, baby. Uh, Roddy Piper took on Haku, and we've got... Is that King this... Haku? 
Mm, I don't know. Uh, Tito Santana with the Red Rooster, Brutus Beefcake, and Dusty Rhodes in his corner took on Rick Martell with Jimmy Hart, Honky Tonk Man, Slick, and the Twin Towers in his corner. And the show is closed by this masterpiece. It was the Bushwhackers versus the Fabulous Rougeos. <laughs> again, uh, Bushwhackers putting asses in seats, man. What month was this again? It was September 21st, 1989. So, they might be building two series with those guys in each other's corners, but... Uh, yeah. Woohoo. Sorry, I, I hear Virgil and the Bushwhackers. I get all like, disoriented. I go, oh my god, I'm gonna get to watch this. <laughs> uh, this was a this was a big show because yeah it was um build I think it like you were right is building up the Survivor Series Ho, you know we've got the build up with no holds barred and this was I, I don't think we've covered anything from WWF eighty nine yet so this was a whole new thing we got Strike Force going against each other here this was I think they had just split WrestleMania five so. Yeah, so they were still going through with their feud here in September. Good stuff. Looking forward to watching that. That's our show's namesake, by the way, is Saturday night's main event. We take the main event, obviously. September 16th, we're covering a unique show that I got the idea from, The Dark Side of the Ring, which we pump up all Boom, the time. second plug of the night. Hell yeah. When I listen to this. Before anybody listens to our podcast or after, whichever, but probably if I were you, I'd do it before. Go back and watch the Herb Abrams episode. It was nuts. It was, the the title of the episode, I think, is "Cocaine and Cowboy Boots." I gotta say, by the way, I had no idea about this story about this guy. I honestly, that is probably my favorite episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh yeah, it was insane. We are going to be covering their very last pay per view ever. It was. They only had, I think, two, but this one was <laughs> the last. See, the first ever, the last ever, dude. Yep. It's the, <laughs> it was an unmitigated disaster. It was the UWF's blackjack brawl. It took place in the MGM Grand. This show took place in the same arena as Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing sold that building out. This had, I think, five hundred paying customers, and it could hold over ten thousand, I believe. So, yeah, that's, um... Yeah, if they would have just had Virgil and the Bushwhackers, man, this this company would still be going. Well, well, yeah, I mean, they only had Dr. Death and, and Bob Orton and, and Cactus Jack. They needed, they needed some more oomph. <laughs> King Haku, damn it. Yeah, it was, it was bad, but there's a lot to talk about with it. So, yeah. And then, finally, to close out the month of September... We on September twenty third, we are going to be covering WWF Raw's War from September twenty second, nineteen ninety seven. It took place at Madison Square Garden, and just to just to set the tone for where everything was, Bret Hart was the world champ. There was no IC champ. Shawn Michaels was the very proud European champ, and the tag champs were the headbangers. But the big thing besides the Intercontinental Title Tournament going on in this show was Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Vince McMahon for the first time ever in Madison Square Garden. That's a it's a big raw. I don't know if the show itself was any good. It could have been complete garbage. I have no idea. I can't remember but, off the top of my head, but it'd be fun to watch this anyways, no matter what. Yeah, it's, I it's always funny. love going back. 
and watching. If you really them. think about it, though, this is like the night that started the downfall of WCW. Like it all mm. be traced back to this night. Yeah, things would start. Uh, things would start to unravel after a while. I don't remember. What, I mean, well, WC eventually. I guess I see your point. WCW was doing amazing in September of '97. So yeah, it was. I'm just saying. Well, they and, started and the whole Austin McMahon thing, which would be an integral part of killing it. So. Oh, absolutely. And you and I will have to also go back and kind of see what the hell was going on in WCW on Nitro this night as well. Because, I mean, Raw from MSG, where Austin sucks McMahon, what the hell's going on on Nitro? But we'll cover all that. I'm guessing they're building up to Ball Brawl. This could be the night where Kurt Henning becomes a horseman. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. But we'll look back at all of that when we get to it. Again, all in. Saturday Night's Main Event 23, UWF Blackjack Brawl. Raw is War from September 22nd, 1997. That's all coming up this month. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will catch you all later. No one really tries to be unsafe online. Enter a dress for free tater tots. But every time you give up info and privacy... So I gave your birth date for free parking. That's how I got this robe. You may give up some safety, too. Norton 360 with LifeLock has device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection, all in one. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft, but you can save 25% or more off your first year. Opt into cyber safety at norton.com slash news. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle... Is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast? The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.